It is NFL. Is it wild card stats still? No, right? What do they call this? No, it's uh, well, that's a good question. What is, is it, it? The uh, I guess divisional, divisional, yeah, so, yeah. divisional series. So, as of right now, as if this recording, the Cowboys and Niners are still playing, they're tied nine to nine. It's in the third quarter, 558 left in that quarter. Uh, but three other games are in the books. This is a uh, sweep the league, uh, Rudy accomplishing your stats here. We have a bunch of Cowboy fans, so of course the staff is on Cowboy high alert right now. So definitely they are watching the game. They bounced for tonight, but since you're a Buccaneers fan, I'm a Falcons fan, we have nothing to lose because our seasons have been over for at least a week. Yours was. Uh, Yeah, the Buck season's been over since it started, man. Pretty much the season that they have had pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to talk a lot, a lot about the NFL. We're going to get into uh, also DeJounte Murray talk with the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, we're going to make this a pretty quick episode. Um, like I said, it's it's football night in America, so we're trying to get all of our stuff done here. This is Sweep the League. Again, before we get any further, Sweep the League comes to you every single Sunday night. We dropped a little bit of episodes throughout the week as well. We're going to be sprinkling some throughout the week. Got a lot of great guests lined up. Uh, we've got uh, Daniel Kelly from First uh, First Round Mock. Uh, they do a lot of NFL mock drafts. I've been doing a lot of NFL mock drafts, a lot of uh, prospecting and all that stuff, too. So uh, definitely going to get into all that with them. A lot of his writers are going to be on. Also, Stats has some guests lined up, but we'll get everything announced. And we're going to probably sprinkle those episodes, kind of quick hits throughout the week. But tonight it is Stats and myself, it is Sweep the League. Last uh, reminder, Shmaya on the Beats Internet Radio. Go check that out. I am Refocus Radio, where podcasts are available. Check that out. Tons and tons of guests. Not only that, the uh, uh, We Got Next podcast with Derek Urban and Paul McKeski. Also, don't forget Baller Boys podcast with Stats and Shamaya. Again, this is Sweep the League. So, man, you know, we're just going to get right into it because, like we said right now, the, the game as of right now, the game is still going. It's 9-9. Nine to nine. I think all the uh, all the candles that were lit for Brett Maher, Mayar, Mayar, how do you say his name? Brett Maher. 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 Okay, Brett Maher. 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 <laughs> Maher, Maher, Miss Fieldgo, whatever you want to call it. Um, all the candles that were lit actually uh, benefited because he hit a field goal. I think it was a 25-yard field goal. Nonetheless, man, we'll start with the first game here. The only true blowout of the night of the weekend was Philadelphia and the Giants. I think a lot of people had the Giants to come out and play better than what they did, but it's got to be more to Philly just being that damn good. I think, I mean, Jalen Hurts looked really good. The Philly defense was on point. The offense was just balling. Was it a bad Giants team? Or was it just Philly just that good? I think this is a Philly is just that damn good type of game, man. It's got to. I mean, I think I think I have to agree with you on that because it's kind of like, well, I don't know, man. Is it, Are they unstoppable? I mean, just after a Giants game? Or is it the Giants beat a really good – well, I'm going to say it back. My Super Bowl pick was the Vikings beginning of the season. That lasted all but one week. But they played the Vikings. Vikings have been suspect. Kirk Cousins has been suspect since for his entire career. So was it just kind of a fluke that the Giants came in and just walled up the Vikings and came into Philly and just literally stand didn't stand a chance? Um, 
Well, I think I think the Giants had a legit shot against the Vikings just because the Vikings who uh, are who we thought they were. Uh, they are choke artists, unfortunately. And I feel bad for Vikings fans because they have to deal with that crap. Um, and it's frustrating. The team should be doing better and they just find ways, man. The Vikings are just so inconsistent. You know, you can you could probably trust a fraudster, like a known fraudster more than the Vikings. Um, really? I, really? You went yeah, Denny, you went you went Denny Green on us a little while ago. <laughs> they are who they thought they were. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um so I mean Daniel Jones is Saquon Barkley. We don't have any reason not to believe they're going to be back in New York. Saquon already kind of said he's not going to reset the running back market. So he's not looking for a massive contract. Daniel Jones played his way into a contract. But I a part of me thinks that Daniel Jones may even bail on the Giants. I mean, could you imagine the way the, the season that Danny Danny Dimes had? Imagine behind, you know, an Indianapolis Colts line. That's actually pretty good. With, you know, Jonathan Taylor, some good receivers there. I mean, I think he'd excel there. But I, I fully believe he's going to be back in New York. There's, I don't think there's any reason to not believe that the Giants are going to bring both of them back. No, absolutely. I think uh, there are there were already talks like a few weeks ago of them uh, being approached, uh, potentially being approached for, you know, uh, contract extensions. I think I think the team wants both of those guys back. Uh, mad props to Danny Dimes, man. Uh, he really proved himself this season. Uh, new head coach, new system, uh, weak spots all over the place. A, a lot of people forget, man, this Giants team has been hurt <clears throat> a lot this season. There's a lot of injuries all over the place on the offensive end, especially. Um, so it's pretty impressive what they've been able to do. And I think Dable uh, should be the coach of the year. Uh, I think I've mentioned this in the last episode, but I want to keep saying it because uh, I think he deserves it um, because we're not just, we didn't just witness a team overachieve. We have witnessed a culture change in from up and down all the way from the top down to the bottom uh, of an entire franchise. And I think the fact that Dable was able to do that, um, you know, is, is incredible. Uh, you don't really see, an entire locker room, an entire organization change, and just the vibe overall change so quickly. You in 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 today's game where there's like rebuilds and that often take a few years. Um, but yeah, very impressive. But if we're gonna stick with the uh, this Eagles Giants game, man, um, I had the I had the Eagles winning this game, and it wasn't really too surprising. Um, this Eagles team is stacked. Um, Hertz deserves all the praise. Uh, he's he's acquiring right now. Um, and here's the thing, though. Uh, people were kind of picking the Giants to, like, upset the Eagles, but the Giants mm -hmm. had a lot of uh, missing pieces on offense. They need receivers really bad on that team. Um, their O-line could be better. And if you, if you noticed, um, Danny Dimes and Saquon just torched uh, the Vikings on the ground in that last game. Um, and that was the Vikings' Achilles heel attack him from the ground because their run defense was suspect. And of course, you know, that's what Brian Dable and the Giants did. They attacked him on the ground and they took advantage of that and they escaped uh, Minnesota with that W. But here's the thing, the Eagles defense. Yeah, everyone talks about the offense. This Eagles defense is elite. Um, they have one of the best pass defenses. They have one of the best run defenses. And again, I go back to that Vikings game against the Giants. The Giants took advantage of an Achilles heel on that Vikings team. Um, the Eagles don't have a lot of Achilles heels. 
And uh, if they were able to plug up the run game, to me, that was the key for the Eagles. Uh, the stout run defense plugging up uh, the Giants and holding them and preventing the offense from really clicking and having long sustaining drives. Uh, that was the key. And uh, the Eagles took advantage of that weak spot on the Giants. Yeah, you know, I'll... I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, that's what I think the Vikings, you know, they were really sus when it came to the running game. And Danny Dimes and Saquon took advantage of that. And you're going to hear some noise in the background. My wife is a huge Cowboys fan. So um, if you hear screaming in the background, you know, that's perfectly fine. It's part of the sports world. I mean, we're we're a sports show, so it's part of the sports Mm -hmm. world. So I, I think, you know, I really think that Danny Dimes and Saquon come back. I mean, I think they're going to be giants, but you you brought it, you know, 100% there when it came to the Eagles, man, because the Eagles looked, I mean, unstoppable on both sides of the ball. And it kind of makes me wonder. So you've got the Cowboys, you've got the Niners who are going right now. Again, it's nine to nine minute in the third as we are on this uh, podcast. And it's kind of like, do either one of these teams, Niners or Cowboys, have a shot against the Eagles if the Eagles play that way? That's my question. Is the Eagles look so good? Is there any possibility that either one of these teams could win? I don't honestly, I don't think so. Because Brock Purdy's going in if if the if the Niners end up winning. Brock Purdy is going into a, you know, a divisional championship game. The, it's the NFC championship game. And um, the thing is, is he going to struggle? I mean, he's going to be playing. He's going to be playing against another elite defense. The, Dallas, the Cowboys defense is elite. He's going to go up against another elite defense. But this time, it just seems like the Eagles swarm around the quarterback and that they make him so uncomfortable. Mr. Irrelevant might be Mr. Turnover prone. Yeah. Um, I I don't see anyone in the NFC toppling the Eagles. Um, I think the Eagles are going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I do think the Niners give them more of a challenge than, they, than the uh, Cowboys do. Uh, Tony Pollard left this game, uh, by the way, with an ankle injury. And that is a brutal uh, loss for this Cowboys offense. I think um, I think we we've talked to, we, uh, high praise about Pollard. Um, to me, he's the key on this team, and like we both talked about how important he is um, on this offense, and him being out really really hurts the Cowboys. Um, but I don't see anyone in the NFC beating this Eagles team. Um, they're just so stacked on both sides of the ball. They're well coached. Uh, the offense is clicking. They can attack you in the air. They can attack you on the ground. And that's not even including all the stuff Hurts can do with his feet anyway. Um, the ground game is already good with Gainwell and uh, Sanders. They've got a good um, core of running backs there, and they've got a great offensive line. Um, so I, I don't see anyone toppling the Eagles. Uh, you don't think so in the NFC? No, I, I don't. I think the Niners have a chance, but... I, I think they have the closest shot for we're, sure we're talking okay so talk about the defense because if you look at the Niners defense what are they really good at they're good at running they're, they're good at the uh, uh stopping the run something that Hurts has been killing a lot of teams this year with is the run game mm-hmm. so then you take out you factor Miles Sanders you know he's not going to be probably of any help at all 
if they're good at the run. So it's going to have to be Hurts beating them through the air. That's where I think it's kind of like a toss-up because Hurts has proved this year he can beat you through the air as well. I kind of see where you're coming from. I kind of like what you're saying. I think I agree with you. I think the Eagles looked so impressed. And you know what? They've looked impressive all year, not just playoff, not at the end of the year. They've looked impressive all year long. The only time they did it was when Hertz was out. So I man, I don't want to I, I, I want to try to find a way to disagree with you, but you know what? I can't. I, I really can't. I mean, there's really no way I can I can see any team. You know, possibly be. I mean, for granted, the Cowboys maybe have a chance because they've played the Eagles twice already this season, obviously division rivals. But one game was without Jalen Hurts, right? If I'm not mistaken, when the Cowboys mm-hmm. won. So mm-hmm. when they had Hurts back, I mean, it's kind of, ah, oh, man, this is a tough one for everyone out there. You know, you're listening to the podcast. Give us, drop us a thing uh, on Twitter. I mean, anywhere, you know, get a, get a hold of us and let us know what you think on this game. Cause this is a very tough one. I think the NFC is loaded and I think the Eagles are going to probably be that team to come out of the NFC, but I think it stops there because the AFC is where the party's at. You've got Chiefs and Jaguars. Man, kudos to my coach of the year, Doug Peterson, just coming up short. A a Jamal what Jamal Agnew fumble away from possibly beating the Kansas City Chiefs. And wow, Trevor Lawrence, man. I mean, I I didn't expect him to be this good right away. I didn't expect the Jags to be this good right away. But the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Ankle injury. It's got to play a factor, right? I mean, it really does going into next week. Yeah, for sure. As we all know, you know, he uh, his feet is a big part of his game. Um, so I think the Bengals could strike here. There's a little bit of blood in the water. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bengals come out on top in Kansas City again, just like they did last season. And I think they're going to use that game from last season as extra motivation. Like, hey, we can take these guys down in their home field. We did it last season. Got to the Super Bowl, can do it again. Patrick Mahomes 0-3 against the Bengals. And that's when he was healthy. So a high ankle sprain is something that we've seen players, what, miss weeks with? And he's trying to come back within a week to play. I think they play on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. So... I'm going to pose this question to you. And I know we don't normally ask each other questions like an interview type thing. This is an interview show. But do you think he's ready? I, a part of me says that he's he's not going to be 100%. I guarantee you he's not going to be 100%. But do you think I don't think he's going to be ready? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be 100% either, Rudy. Um, I think he's going to try. Um, he's, he's definitely going to try and get out there as best he can. But you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up tweaking it and having to leave the game. Yikes, really? Yeah. Um, well, just like you know how these ankle things work, man. All it takes is one bad roll up again. Um, and he already looked like he's like we just said, he's not going to be 100%. And uh, we saw him leave this last game for a little bit. And I mean, you hate to see a guy get hurt and you don't wish that on anyone, but I mean, this is a physical game. Like, guys are going to roll up on each other, land wrong. 
Um, Mahomes, I feel like he might try to use his feet a lot, even though he's not 100%. And um, I'm just worried that he's going to re-injure it. You know, he's going to re-aggravate it, and he might have to just leave the game. Then it's, I mean, is it over? KC doesn't win if you don't have a Mahomes. Chad oh, yeah. Henney didn't look that bad. I, I don't think it's enough. I think uh, Burrow and the Bengals will will come away with that with that victory if Henny has to come in. Damn, man. And it just doesn't seem like anybody can beat that Bengals team. But before we get into the Bengals talk here, uh, it's Mahomes' injury, man. It came at the absolute worst time of the season. Worst time of the season. Seeing that play, everyone. Uh, some people were calling it a dirty play. I can't see it being a dirty play. It's a football play, man. It happens. You know, guys are tackling each other, getting pulled down. You know, he just landed at the right time on his ankle. And if you saw that thing, it bent in. Oh, man, I thought he was done for the game. I was surprised that he even came back in that game. But a part of me says, a part of me feels he may not even be ready for this game. I I don't know why after seeing that sprain and after knowing how bad a high ankle sprain goes and how bad it is, it's it almost tells me is there's no way Andy Reid benches him, right? There's no way. No, no. He's gonna play. There's no doubt about it. He's gonna play. He's gonna pull like a Mr. Miyagi, Daniel LaRusso yeah. type thing. He's gonna play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm still sitting here like, man, that's that's wicked. That's so wicked that the Chiefs who contenders are going to probably be facing, well, not probably, they're going to be facing the Bengals, but with an injured Patrick Mahomes. That's terrible, man. That's terrible for the Chiefs. But nonetheless, hey, Kansas City got it done 27-20. to 20. The biggest question that we've got is Patrick Mahomes. Is he going to be ready for the game against Buffalo? It is in Kansas City. It is in Arrowhead. But the but the Bengals, man. Derek Gervin is pissed off somewhere right now. His bills were flying high. You know what? It's not how you start the season. It's how you end the season. And the the Bengals are on fire right now. I didn't expect them to go into Buffalo and just manhandle the Bills the way that they did. It surprising for you? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you remember, but I'm a Bills fan too. So that hurt uh, seeing that. Really? Um, when, when did you become a Bills fan? Uh, I, I don't, I'm not too vocal about my fandoms, especially on the podcast. But uh, you, you remember the old uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick days? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's, that's when I started following him. <laughs> I would have never known. Like, ever. I would have never yeah. known. Wow. Well, but the way I pick my teams, Rudy, is if um if they really suck, I'll be like, you know what? If this team really sucks, I'll start following. Let's <laughs> let's give it a shot. And you know, it took a little while, but uh one Josh Allen pick later and uh their fortune changed. Wow. I did not know you were a Bills fan. So you but you're in the Ryan but so you don't go for you're not like Bills from back in the day when it was uh four Super Bowls in a row, you know, couldn't get it done type guy. Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah, I, I got into him when uh, Fitzy, when Fitzmagic uh, was their quarterback, and they were really, I mean, they were really bad back in the day. No real future. But um, the the Bills have a very 
interesting history. So I did, you know, go, I did go back and, you know, do some research on like the history of the franchise and just some of those players. And of course, you know, the, the K gun offense with Kelly and company. So. Jeez, man, that, you know, and I'll, I'm going to give him props here because there is no way, no way that you'll ever see a team go to four straight Super Bowls again. Yeah, they didn't win any. But there's no way that you'll ever see a team go to four straight Super Bowls. None. I'm saying it right now. There's no way. that It's a shame that they couldn't win one of those Super Bowls. And if I'm not mistaken, every single Super Bowl they were in, they lost to an NFC East team. It was yep. the Cowboys. The, the Well, it's the Commanders now. And was it the Giants? It was the Giants, wasn't it? Yep, it was yeah. the Giants. Oh, yeah, Parcells and Jeff Hostetler yeah. taking mm-hmm. over for Phil Simms, Scott Norwood. The, the famous wide right. Wide right. But they lost to the Cowboys twice. Is that what it was? Uh, they, they didn't lose to the Cowboys. They got decimated by the Cowboys twice. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. Yeah. And wasn't yeah. the, the Washington game, that was with Mark Rippon and Art Monk and all those guys, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. But either the- way, they stomped the Bills, too. Oh, man, not a very good look if you're a Bills fan, which no. we just found out tonight that Stats is a Bills fan. Yeah, Crazy. it's um, it's rough. And honestly, like, it's, you know, a, a loss is bad, but this was especially bad, Rudy, because this was supposed to be – so I'm a huge fan of storylines in sports. Uh-huh. You know, like, okay, like, there, there's a big game coming up, but there's something dramatic that happens in the news, and uh, everyone on earth knows about the DeMar Hamlin situation. Yes. Um, that – to me, I was like, that was the storyline fueling the Bills. So like, who on earth is going to stop this team now? Like, they are almost like on a mission, like to do this for Demar. And it had all the motivation in the world. I was like, oh my gosh, they have that locker room must be united beyond belief right now. They're flying high, and um, they kind of just farted today, and it was yeah. it was really sad. Um, I watched some of that game earlier, and um, it was just tough to watch. The Bengals like came out there on fire, got a quick 14 points on the board. And I was like, man, what's going on here? And it the was Bills playing bad. at home too. It was bad. It was horribly bad. I I didn't expect them to get, you know, okay, so I didn't completely rule out the Bengals. I just didn't expect them to do that to the Bills. I mean, that defense came to play, man. And that's what I'm thinking now. They're licking their chops at an injured Mahomes. They've got to be. I mean, they know he's not going to be 100%. If if you're Hubbard, if you're anybody on that Bengals defense, you're coming hard after Mahomes, really hard after Mahomes. But you're right, man. I mean, the Bills, man, it's – you saw some friction at the end. Stephon Diggs, report has this. Stephon Diggs packed up his shit and walked out of the locker room before a lot of the coaches even got in the locker room. I think it was uh, – I can't remember who the report was that went and got him and brought him back into the locker room, and he only was there for a little bit, and he took off again. Friction. I mean, I understand you lost on the season. It's terrible, but still got to stay with the team-wise. And you brought up DeMar Hamlin. I get that part too, but where did that happen? It happened against the Bengals. So, I mean <sighs> – uh, it's it goes back to like the whole uh, that game, you know. That game I think meant so much, but more than anything, the Bengals were like they were pissed off. 
They were already selling tickets to Atlanta, dude. They had yeah, yeah. they had sold tickets for <laughs> Chiefs Bills before mm-hmm. this game was even determined. How do you do that? That makes no effing sense whatsoever. Why would you do that? You're just giving Bengals that much more fuel. Like, what the hell? AFC uh, championship game. Who are you taking, man? It's got Bengals. It's Chiefs. Man. Um, so if if Patty isn't, like, look good. Um, Say you know, Patty's 100%. Say Patty's 100%. We're going to go 100% Patty. Okay, 100% Patty. I'm going Chiefs. Chiefs. 100%, 100% Patty. Chiefs. Mm-hmm. If he's 100%, we're going Chiefs. If he's not, I'm going to go Bengals. You know, I lived in Cincinnati, when you're Cincinnati, like 20 minutes from Cincinnati for two years. And I'm going to ride with the Bengals. I'm going to take the Bengals. They are – they're playing – massively good football right now. I think better than the Chiefs are. So I look at the game. Jacksonville was able to, you know, move the ball down on them. And when I look at Jacksonville and you're still in the game, pretty much, the Bengals offense is way better than Jacksonville's. I think we're going to see the Bengals go to their second straight Super Bowl. No way they're going to do the fourth straight, like I said. But I think they get to their second straight Super Bowl. I'm taking the Bengals over the Chiefs, whether Patty is 100% or not. I'm, I'm taking the Bengals. So this is going to be fun. Hey, FYI, Brett, Miss Philgo Mayhar hit a 43-yarder right now. Redemption, dude. Love storylines. Redemption. Cowboys 12, 49 16, 11-03 left in the fourth quarter. This is Sweep the League. Stats and Rudy coming to you right now so we we really can't take a guess on who's going to play the eagles as of this recording right now because they're still playing uh cowboys and niners either way you took the eagles to go to the super bowl i said possibly yeah i will take the eagles to go to the super bowl so say you have a chiefs eagles super bowl which one is better chiefs eagles super bowl Bengals eagles super bowl if it happens that way Oh, man, I think I'm going to go. I think the better Super Bowl will be Bengals, Eagles. Um, I like that. I mean, both, both are going to be good. I mean, if if they do happen. But here's the biggest thing, though. Like, right now, the Eagles team just looks unstoppable. Like, I'm not sure if I, – I don't I don't know if, if either one of the AFC teams is going to beat them. Like, whichever one ends up going to the Super Bowl, I think the Eagles are going to come out on top of the whole thing. You really have that much faith in the Eagles, right? I do. And the, here's the big thing, though, Rudy. So uh, the Bengals, they dropped a bunch of money in the offseason on their O-line. Yeah. And uh, Joe Burrow, I believe he was tied for third with being sacked the most in the NFL. Yeah. That Eagles that Eagles pass rush in D-line is legit. And I think they're going to get it, Burrow, a lot. Very similar to that game last season in the Super Bowl where the Rams just kept getting to Burrow. I will not disagree with you on that at all. No way will I disagree with you on that. Eagles will get to Burrow, but can you really sit here and say that Burrow, who had the opportunity to get it done last year and didn't, 
is going to really falter if he gets back this time. We're not going to, we're going to get cool Joe Burrow this time. LSU Burrow, I think, in the Super Bowl, if that was to happen. There's no way Burrow loses back to back Super Bowls. There's no way. I, I doubt that he does go lose back to back Super Bowls. Yeah, he's going to, I mean, it's tough, man. Like he's, he's motivated. He's more motivated than ever. You know, these guys, these Bengals uh, are taking last season's loss and they're they're carrying it with them and they've got something to fight for. And, you know, I'd love to see it happen. I'd love to see Joe Cool bring it home. Uh, finally, you know, the Bengals finally get to lift a Lombardi trophy. Um, they've, they've got, you know, we talked about the Bills losing four straight. The Bengals have a history of losing Super Bowls, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it would be nice. It would be nice for them to do it. And like I said, I'm fine with either one of those two teams doing it, and I have no problem with whichever one does come out on top. Actually, any of those three, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals, I think it would be more – I think it would mean more, though, if the Bengals uh, finally did it, you know? Yeah, I think I'm pulling for a Bengals Super Bowl win this year. Just, you know, like I said, history with me with Cincinnati, being living in Cincinnati for almost two years. If the Eagles don't make it and you have a Cowboys or a Niners team in the Super Bowl, that just makes for really good ratings. Eagles probably draw some good ratings, but there's something about a Cowboys team or a Niners team in the Super Bowl. Niners get there and they're against the Bengals. That brings back the old Boomer Esaias and Joe Montana Super Bowl that we saw at one point. If the boys get there against the Bengals, that is, you know, Young QB and young QB. Um, I would take the Bengals all day on that one. But then you get a Chiefs Super Bowl. Chiefs, ni- uh, Chiefs Niners, Chiefs Boys. Can you imagine the ratings on a Chiefs Cowboys Super Bowl? That would be insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, I mean... <sighs> Rock Rock is not going to like me for this, but I kind of don't want to see the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I don't. Um, know. I know. Yeah, I I know. I, I know. Early on, uh, they were actually my pick to get to the Super Bowl to represent the NFC. Um, but I this team is, looks so vulnerable right now. They don't look that great. Uh, Dak made he, he threw a really bad interception in this game. Actually, he's thrown two picks, but the second one was especially really bad. Um, Tony Pollard went down in this one too. As we mentioned earlier, um, they just got a lot of weak spots, a lot of um, don't get me wrong. They have they have some they have a lot of talent on the roster, but things just aren't clicking for the Cowboys right now. They are in a funk of some sort. Um, So I think I would much rather either see the Niners or the Eagles um, in the Super Bowl. And honestly, I would at this point, I would much rather see the Eagles represent the NFC just because of how well the machine is cooking right now. They, They just look like they are flying high, all the pun intended. Um, you know, the system's working, the offense is clicking, defense is clicking. Um, and they are just like they look like the best team in like in football right now. Really? Yeah. Really? Huh. Okay. I, I don't and you know what? I don't like the I wouldn't want a Cowboy Super Bowl either. Just personally, I wouldn't want a Cowboy Super Bowl. But if you do, do you give them any shot at winning the Super Bowl? Oh, the Cowboys, uh, no. None whatsoever? <laughs> None. No. Hmm. Yeah. You know you're pissing off Cowboy fandom. I know. 
I know. Sorry, Cowboys fans. Not that you blame, care. I don't blame care. blame the team. Don't blame me. Yeah, you know, it's not our fault. They they suck, and Dak sucks. <laughs> Dak's not going to be. Dak is not. He's not a Super Bowl QB. I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. He's not a Super Bowl QB. He really isn't. Don't hate me for saying that. You know, hate yeah. him. He's terrible. Yeah, and and. <sighs> You know, it's bad, Rudy, is even if they do come out on top in this game, in this Niners game, mm-hmm. I still don't have much faith in them. Like, even if they do move on to face the Eagles. Yeah, I'm, I'm not lying. You're you're teetering on that line of losing listeners for the show here, which, I mean, if it happens, it happens. I'm sorry, but um, I don't want to see a Cowboy team in the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> Do you can you understand another three weeks of you know boys are back and you know all of my timeline is all a hundred percent cowboys this cowboys that like oh my god who gives a shit about the cowboys that it's like <laughs> it's like the NBA man the NBA they they shove LeBron down our damn mouth in our face it's like I don't give, and that's probably the reason why I don't like LeBron anymore. Is because LeBron can have two points, and that's it. And the Lakers lose by forty-five points. They lead off the story. You know, LeBron had only two points, and the Lakers lose by forty-five. You know what's going on with LeBron? Who cares? Like, who cares about LeBron? It's the exact same thing about the Cowboys. Who gives a rat's ass about the Cowboys? I mean, that's the reason why I really don't want to see them in the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> I'm going to get another three weeks of this. I hope, I seriously hope the 49ers put them out of their misery tonight. And Cowboy fandom is just done. Just my cheese, Rudy. I'm just oh saying. Gosh. I'm just saying. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, but I, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, the overexposure is a real thing. Like you just said, you're just tired of seeing LeBron on your screen all the time on Twitter, on social media, because he's all over the place and you just you need a break from something. And yeah, you know, the Cowboys, they're all over the place and you're just tired of seeing them. Overexposure of anything is going to get tiresome, man. And they call, they call me, they call people like me haters. Oh, you're a cowboy hater. You know, you hate them and you talk about them. Uh, well, I talk about them because I have to talk about them. We do a sports show. I mean, we got to talk about them. But it's not that I'm a hater. I don't mind. I, I love the players. Michael Parsons is one of my favorite players in the league. I mean, dominant. I haven't seen that guy. I mean, I haven't seen a player like that since, you know, in my opinion, you know, you're talking about what, Lawrence Taylor, one of the greatest of all times. Michael Parsons is up there with me. He's going to be that good. You know, I, I love, um, you know, I, I love the guys that they have, you know, Diggs, well, he grew on me too, the defense. Um, I like players they have there. I just hate the fact that they are, you know, they could have been 0-17 this year and somewhere they're going to be on Center. Oh, you know, the Eagles and the Giants are playing, you know, well, the Cowboys are probably at home watching this game. They're going to get a mention somewhere. And it's like, who cares about that? I really don't care. So, yes, for my sake and my sake only, please, the Niners, just win the game. So that way the season can be over and I can start hearing about how much, you know, Brad Mahar is, you know, 
enemy number one and Dak Prescott had two interceptions and he's he's trash after he had one of the greatest playoff performances last week by a quarterback. But then this week, if they lose, you need to trade Dak. He's not the quarterback of the future. He's not going to do the Super Bowl. Something I've said for many years already. Uh, he's not the quarterback that's going to lead you to the Super Bowl. He's Tony Romo at best. Tony Romo didn't win a Super Bowl. And it's like, it just doesn't work, man. So, yes, Niners, do me a favor. Get them, get them the hell out of here. This is Sweep the League. My opinion, obviously, is probably pissing everybody off, but who cares? This is Sweep the League. Uh, it's stats. It's Rudy. Real quick before we end up going, because we're making this a short show, we're going to talk a little bit of NBA here. And two things happened. The other night, and we're going to get into the DeJounte Murray talk here, but two things happened. The DeJounte Murray talk, which he was talking to Steven Jackson, and he people say he got it through the Spurs under the bus. He was, you know, throwing shade at the Spurs, Tony Parker, yada, yada, which he did in a way, but he's just speaking the truth. But the other thing that happened was Lakers and Grizzlies. Shannon Sharp decides to talk shit to Dylan Brooks and cause a little ruckus. Steven Adams gets in there. T. Morant, John Morant's dad is involved, you know, talking stuff back. What? Did you happen to see any of that? No. What happened? You didn't see that? Okay, so. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Shannon Sharp is attending the Lakers game against the Grizzlies. And I don't know what's being said um, at all, but apparently he's, you know, talking S to Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is talking S back to him. Shannon Sharp stands up and tells Dylan Brooks, come over here, basically come over here and tell me to my face. Steven Adams comes over, starts talking to Shannon Sharp, John Morant. A lot of the Grizzlies start coming towards Shannon Sharp. Security's backing them off. T. Morant is there uh, floor, on the floor, uh, courtside, basically. He gets up, starts jawing with Shannon Sharp. Security has to escort Shannon Sharp off to, I guess, the hallway where the locker rooms are. They're trying to calm him down. Uh, you got to see the video. It's everywhere. It's crazy. But basically, it's just heckling. It's just stuff like that. So Shannon Sharp, and, and then I think that evening, they interviewed Dylan Brooks, and he basically called Shannon Sharp uh, just another pedestrian, you know, like it doesn't really matter. That's that's going to be the whole thing for Sweep the League now, for people that we have problems with. They're just, other, they're just pedestrians. You know, they don't... <laughs> They don't mean anything to anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you've got a uh, a lame ass podcast somewhere on Facebook, or if you've you know got a lame ass sports show, or you think you know sports or whatever, and you talk about it because you're cool. I don't care. They're all pedestrians when it comes to me and everybody here on the show. Nonetheless, you got called a pedestrian. But where does it stop, dude? Where does it stop when it comes to interaction with fans? And Santa Sharp's a fan. He paid. He may not have paid for a ticket, but he's in the fan seats. Where does it stop? And players are more involved with fan interaction. Back in the day, you had the baseline bumps throw uh, guacamole on Larry Brown, head coach of the San Antonio Spurs, on Larry Brown. <laughs> so you've had you had guys back back in the day that would cuss out players, literally talk about players left and right. Players heard it, but they didn't let it bother them. Who cares? Now it's like, well, you got to respect the players. You got to respect the players. You got to respect the players. Okay. It's the it's the years of social media, man. 
players have a voice in social media now. Now they take it to the fans on the court. They're protected. That's why. If I guarantee you, if you talked S about Kevin Durant, would do you think Kevin Durant would say, if he ever did say, meet me at my hotel parking lot? Do you really think anything would happen? Do you think he'd even show up? No. You don't think he would at all? No. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting at. It's like, if I want to go to a game and talk shit, I'm going to talk shit. Who cares? What are you going to do? You're going to get me thrown out of the game. Big deal. You'll never fight me. Kevin Durant want to talk shit to me? Fine. Let's go to the parking lot. That sounded like men. You won't do that. But where does it stop? You tell me, where does fan interaction stop? When has it gone too far? I think if there's like, man, you know, of course, derogatory terms, uh, you know, just it's constant, maybe just constant distracting, you know, very disturbances. Or if, and of course, obviously, uh, physicality, if you guy goes up on the floor and, you know, starts messing with them, you can't do that either. I mean, there has to be a line in the sand there between fans and players. But, I mean, fans are going to be there to heckle, too. Like, you know, they're, it's okay. Like, cheer. It's boo. a part of the game, right? Exactly. It's part of the game. Yeah. So, so are we supposed to go to a game and sit there like little church boys and girls and just clap when they do good and boo when the other team scores? This isn't the movie Hoosiers. Like, this isn't old school shit. People are going to heckle. The In today's world, people are not afraid of the law. So they're going to heckle you. They don't give a damn if they get banned from the arena. Because they'll go straight to social media and do it there. So I get, you know, I get it. And that's my problem is like, as a player, it's... I get if 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 I'm a player and a fan says, you know what, I'm gonna bang your mom tonight. That's different. If you're talking about family, I don't care who you are. Family's family. Yeah. You don't go that far. That is totally different. But if if I'm a player and say you're the fan and you're telling me, you know, ah, oh, you're throwing up all these bricks. You don't know how to. You know, you're playing like shit. Blah, 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 blah. Why does that bother me? Why is Kevin Durant or anybody of that nature just like, why does it bother me? You know, you suck. I could make the I could make more threes. I can make my free throws. It's part of the damn game. It's heckling. And that's where I don't get we have so many fan interactions. And you know what? It's only in the NBA, really. In the NBA, it's the only time it happens. You got Russell Westbrook as a primary example. He wants to fight everybody. I mean, you can, hey, Russell, you look like, what is that, that turtle, that cartoon turtle that, that people <laughs> say on Nickelodeon? Um, I don't know. I got to look it up. I, I forgot what it was. But, you know, he you can make fun of Russell Westbrook and he's going to get pissed off. Like, it's part of the game, dude. Really, it's part of the game. That's what happened at the Lakers game. So you need to look it up. You need to look it up, Shannon Sharp shit, because that was crazy. That was funny, too. Shannon Sharp looked like he he was wearing I think he was wearing like a cardigan sweater. This is what it was, like preppy sweater. 
And I'm thinking, like, this guy is really going to get into a fight with in his Dooney and Burke, you know, Brooks Brothers type <laughs> yeah, clothing here. So I'm watching it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're really like, you're really going to fight somebody in your Brooks Brothers clothes and all that. Hey, by all means, go for it. But Shannon Sharp can, he's pretty, he's pretty built. Ain't no way that a lot of those guys are going to be able to take Shannon Sharp. Yeah, I, I agree. Although it, it is pretty, it was pretty funny seeing Stephen Adams be the first one to approach him, and I was like, "Oh boy, Ex- <laughs> like the size difference." Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like Stephen Adams, and Stephen Adams is one of the tougher guys in the league, but he's also one of the nicest guys in the league. So it's kind of like, again, is he really going to fight him? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't want to get in a fight with Aquaman though. No, who's tougher, yeah. Stephen Adams or Momoa? Who do you think? Who do you think is tougher? They both look the same. They do. They're both really nice guys, too. It's kind of funny how similar they are. Jeez, man. Well. I don't, I don't know if they would actually fight. <laughs> they're like, they're just too nice to each other, you know? Probably do thumb war or something. Rock, <laughs> yeah, paper, rock, paper, scissors. scissors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Last thing we're going to get into, man, is the Jante Murray talk. So, basically, he went on the Up and Smoke podcast with Steven Jackson and uh, Matt Barnes and. You know, he basically was talking about how the Spurs, they they didn't want him doing. I, I, I again, I can't. I don't want to play the whole uh, the whole uh, interview. I'm kind of paraphrasing it as best as I can. So basically, you know, Tony when Pop and the coaching staff and everybody brought him and Tony in and told Tony, you know what, you're going to take a back seat to Dejounte. He's going to take over the the point guard duties and lead the team. It was kind of like Tony was like, you know, F y'all, I'm going to Charlotte, which in a player's world, in a player's mind, if you feel you can play and a team wants you and you're a free agent and they're going to say, hey, you can more than likely be the starter here, but you're going to get majority minutes. Let's not forget at the time, Charlotte, James Borrego, former assistant coach for the Spurs, was a head coach there. So if you're a player and you're going to get more playing time somewhere else, you want to take that. So for my my part is, Dejounte came out and said, you know, he bailed on me. He didn't mentor me the way he should have. Basically, he should have stayed around and mentored me. But when he found out he wasn't going to start anymore, he left. Why does that bother you? You want to play as a player. If you didn't, you know, you'd be Jack Haley just riding the pine and collecting rings. But you know, you want to play. That part of the conversation. That part right there. We're going to go to another one, but that part. How does that make you feel in that? Because for me, it kind of pisses me off. Like, you want to blame the organization and Tony Parker for not mentoring you, for not being that mentor for you. Who gives a shit? Parker wants to play. If I'm sorry, I'm old school, but I'll have mentors, and they'll mentor me as long as they're there. If they don't want to be there, no worries. No worries. Brett Favre never mentored Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers turned out fine. Who gives a damn? But for you, is it right or wrong for DeJounte to say that about Tony? Yeah, it just sounds petty. Honestly, it really it's, does. It's really petty. Lot petty. It is. I mean, and T, uh, TP had a chance to go get more, uh, paid more money, too. You know, why not? Why not jump at the chance to get a little more money and go start for another team? You know, guy wants to start. That's his decision. Um, it just sounds petty 
for DeJounte. I mean, he ended up getting the job anyway. And, uh, you know, the, he was very well liked by the Spurs fans. And uh, to me, like, what's the point now? You know, like he's uh, not on the Spurs anymore. They're past this. It, he's already a hawk. That's my point, too. Why does it bother you now? And, you know, it's Steven Jackson is a part of it. So Steven Jackson hates the Spurs, too, for whatever reason. You know, he got a ring with the Spurs, but Steven Jackson hates the Spurs. He's always talking shit about the Spurs all the time. You know, talking about Manu, talking about, you know, everybody else. And DeJounte even brought that up. Like, well, they had Tony Parker and an Argentine, Argentina point guard ahead of me, which I can't remember the guard that was ahead of him, but he was from Argentina. He was a point guard. Was it Nando DiColo? No, it was not Nando. Um, I'm going to, as we're talking, I'm going to look it up. Um, But... You know, the thing was you had you were a young kid in the league coming in. Did you really expect to play um early in your career? Pop never plays rookies. Playing Jeremy Sohan is like shit. How would you say it? I don't know. Well, I mean, what kind of pettiness is this? Give me give me an example if you can't. Uh, man, you know, ever since, um, he, he signed with the Hawks, uh, he's just been very, we've seen a different side of DJ. Um, he seems more, man, I don't know, maybe he was always like this and now he's like venting and getting all this out. It doesn't make him look good. Um, I understand, you know, getting your experiences out, how you felt when you were with a different team on a podcast, but at the same time, the problem is DJ is you know, his, his attitude has changed. People's opinions of him have changed because of the stuff that he said. And a lot of the stuff that he's done and said just comes across as pettiness and immaturity. Uh, and I think that's the biggest problem. It's just, it's so unnecessary. He should be focusing on winning with his team right now. And the Hawks aren't doing that great. You know, um, they should be playing better. They should be doing better. And you need to, I think it would help the team in the locker room if you focused more on that. Um, and I know they already have uh, some drama going on with Trey Young, and that's yeah. a whole other thing. He's not; he doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. And they're about that's... to trade John Collins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, you, you, there's yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to read you the comments. These are the ones that we're going to get it, that, that I wanted to talk about. So I found them. So he said they bring they bring it up. This is quote unquote uh, from Dejounte. This is all in the. Uh, you can go check out the podcast that they have. They bring in a point guard from Argentina who's close with Manu, and they play him in front of me. And I'm behind Tony and Patty, but they playing these mind games. They want you to break yourself. This is too much. What they put me through, I don't understand. The point guard he was referring to from Argentina was Nicolas Laprevetola. So they played him ahead of DeJounte. It says DeJounte Murray went on to comment about how he felt disrespected by the San Antonio Spurs. I feel like they drafted me. I feel like they drafted me, but me coming from the hood, smoking and drinking and articles about fighting was ruining their reputation and what they stand for as the Spurs. I think that's what they thought, but they never said that. The second year was the one I took. The second year was the one I took the job from Tony. Pop brought us into the office and told Tony, but he ain't liked it. If he liked it, he would have mentored me the way he should have. 
he would have gone to he wouldn't have gone to Charlotte. He would have stayed right there. Those are the comments. And you're right. To me, when I talk to uh, a couple of people, you know, who cover the Spurs and, you know, they kind of asked me about it. And I told them, I said, to me, the year's not going great in Atlanta. I mean, yeah, they're technically in the playoff hunt right now, but it's like, you, I don't know what what brings this on. You're not even a part of the Spurs team. You, It's kind of like you want to ruin their reputation for the way they do. They handle things. You just didn't work out here, man big deal like it's okay it happens yeah uh it, again it's just it's pettiness it's it's immaturity pettiness he's just not moving forward and the thing is like maturity um you you witnessing people as they progress and move forward not hold grudges not think about like negativity from the past but it's about looking ahead and building yourself up and focusing on the team focusing on the team effort giving your teammates all sorts of you know motivation and leading by example like all dj has to do is be quiet play well and support his teammates and i feel like this unnecessary uh comment about a team that he's no longer with doesn't help anything doesn't help the culture and the, the locker room or anything on the floor so I'm not really sure what he's it's again, it's this immaturity just reeks um right now. And it's it's unfortunate. DJ's a talented player. Thing like you said, things just didn't work out in San Antonio. Move on. And you know, the exactly. fact that he hasn't moved on, I think unfortunately it shows like he's still like a young guy, but he's gotta grow up fast, man. Like in all of this drama, all this digging up and you know, even the comment like, oh, they didn't like me because I was from the streets. I was fighting. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, like, really? Like, who cares? But they drafted you. Exactly. They saw something in you. They drafted you. I mean, everybody knew Tony Parker's days were numbered. They brought you in to take over that spot, to be that leader. They saw something in you. And then come to find out, you know, people were on Instagram, you know, bashing him and everything and he goes back at him well i'm just telling you the truth basically but who cares like for real is this something is okay so the one thing i want to ask you before we go is this and i wanted to ask you because it made me think about it when i was you know trying to get all the prep work for the show was this it's like Is he trying to get something exposed ahead of something, if that makes any sense? Is something because it did it did question it had some people questioning the Spurs, which I'm not gonna lie to you. People have questioned the Spurs lately. They have. You got a lot of Austin companies that are coming in and buying stocks in the Spurs and being sponsors. So the question is whether they're gonna be in town. Second of all, the whole primo thing. It questioned the integrity of the Spurs, that primo thing. They still haven't really fired anybody over it, but they got rid of primo. Now DeJounte's coming out with this. Is there something bigger that people are not seeing with the Spurs? And it's something I know you don't have the answers. Nobody does. But it made me think about it. Like, why is all this coming out this year? You know, there's it's I feel like there's something that people are missing. 
Yeah, and you know, like the the Spurs have had this like squeaky clean reputation for like years, for decades. They've always been seen as like you know the golden child of the NBA. Like no problems can do no wrong. Um, and I think every organization's got some problems of sorts. Um, but I I think with the DJ situation, this is just pettiness and immaturity coming out. Um, at least as far as that, that's my take on the DJ stuff. I mean. I mean, like, really, just I don't know the the way it comes across. It doesn't sound like necessary at all. Um, it just sounds like, like the second he moved on, he was perfectly fine with just, you know, letting little jabs out. And uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, the second he moved on, he was like, oh, you know what, oh, the Spurs, eh, this, and then the little things. But he kept dropping them. You know, he kept saying stuff and saying little things again and again. And now this, and it's like, dude, just move on, move forward. Um, I, I mean, there probably is maybe a little bit like, like I said, no organization's perfect. Um, you gotta remember the probably, Kawhi thing too. The whole thing with Kawhi, yeah. but Kawhi was kind of yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, and I think the DJ thing was different too. Um, you know, like the, I think it's just DJ being petty. Um, in that situation, though the primo situation's pretty different. I know we're. there's still stuff going on as far as like you know what actually you know conclusions and such um because that's still a little bit murky but um i i don't think there really is anything bigger going on with the spurs i don't think so and i trust you on that because i it made me question like is there something that we're not seeing primo thing the Kawhi thing a few years back but that was more of Kawhi wanting to leave but the primo thing has been kind of making me question like was there something big going on now the DeJounte coming out stuff, I think it's more pettiness, like you said. I will agree with you on that. But like we're telling DeJounte to move on. We're going to move on. What we're doing is we're moving on to next week's episode. This has been Sweep the League. We talked NFL, man. It was great talking NFL. We normally get into life hacks, but we like to do that when we get the whole staff with us back. So as for right now, the Cowboys are still in it with 17 seconds left. They've got to score a touchdown, but they've also got to go like, I think, 75 yards. So I doubt it happens, which means, hooray, the Niners are probably going to win, barring any type of miracle, which are probably going to happen now that I said it. Um, we should have everybody back next week. But anyway, I, I, I want to get into all this talk again. Before we do go, I want to be able to let everybody know we got uh, Daniel Kelly from first uh, round mock and his writer is going to come on. We're going to start talking a lot of NFL draft stuff. I'm going to be dropping some episodes. Um, Stats is going to help produce them from time to time. I'm going to try to produce them from time to time. We're going to be dropping a lot of little spotlight episodes with these guys. They're going to give us some really good NFL prospects here. We've got a lot of guests lined up. We've got tons of stuff coming to you this year. Uh, Credit stats on a lot of it, too. He gets everything ready for sweep the league and he does a fantastic job so we thank you very very much shamaya as well shamaya does a lot of stuff for it too everybody does good we're going to be back full strength here pretty soon because i believe the cowboy season is almost over fingers crossed but for stats for everybody else on sweep the league candace derek shamaya and rock this is really Composition. until we sweep the league again next week we'll see y'all then oh yeah